B-52 bombs. Um, uh, but the Air Force actually uh, made a mistake that day. They, uh, we were told they were doing a dry run, and they were above us. We couldn't even see them. We were all gathered on the edge of the cliff, you know, safety at the radio. We had all, all the people on the edge of the cliff. Um, and behind us were our, about, about a football field, I guess, behind us set our 53s, our, our helicopters. Um, and on the helicopters, they were loaded with 50 cows, um, because the guys, after the uh, demonstration of the bombs, the guys on our uh, unit were going to go practice shooting our 50 cows off our helicopters. Um, and then a bunch of our unit was sitting around um, the tailgate of the 53s, just hanging out uh, out of the shade or out in the shade out of the sun. And we were told, uh, they radioed down, you know, they just did a dry run. They're about to drop these bombs. They're going to land in this valley, which is so far from us. I mean, it was so far from us. I can't even tell you how far. Um, and we had our helmets on. We had our flak jacks on. We're all watching. Next thing you know, we, we hear it. And we're looking, but we don't see a thing in front of us. We don't see anything. In front. We turn around, and uh, what had happened as the Air Force dropped nine B-52 bombs on our helicopters, um, instantly the helicopters went up in flame. Instantly, uh, 50 cal rounds went off in every direction possible, flying over our heads, past us, hitting people. Um, we uh, immediately I stood up and, uh, you know, saw my girlfriend sitting next to me who was freaking out because at the time her boyfriend, which is now her husband now, uh, was down at the tailgate, and um, so was our medic. I mean, there was just our friends, you know, all of them were at the tailgate, and they were basically just on fire, running around on fire. Um, so we ran after them. Uh, we, I assisted in pulling a crew chief away from the scene um, to what we thought was a safe place. I took off my uh, helmet um, and my Kevlar and tried to, because it was a very rocky cliff, and we're trying to give them a flat face, um, to lay down and protection on him, basically. Um, and then we, I took off my belt. We were trying to apply tourniquets to his arm because he had gotten shot. Um, and then we finally got him stabilized and we uh, made a safe spot on one of the hills where uh, rounds couldn't really get us. Um, uh, there, all of our unit, uh, we did lose our, my pilot that day, actually. Um, he got, uh, badly injured. Um, he was bleeding too much. The actual uh, medic we had on hand uh, lost his leg. Uh, he was trying to give orders on how to save people and how to help us, but he was bleeding so bad that he knocked out. And he went unconscious and uh, couldn't do it. Um, I mean, I sat on the edge of the cliff trying to hold the hands of Marines that I loved. Um, it was it was very hard. <clears throat> That's amazing. You are. You're an absolute hero. Thank you. <clears throat> I haven't talked about it in about a decade, so. Well, thank you for sharing it with us. <clears throat> thank you. Um, so, um, with that being said, uh, first off, did you get any uh, commendations or awards for that? I did. I received a Navy and Marine Corps accommodation medal. Okay. Um, all right. So, with that being said, um, I want to kind of move into our, our main topic and kind of highlight why you're here. Um, the uh, the main topic here is is 
is women in combat. The issue is whether women should be in infantry squads, should be in infantry platoons, should be in, uh, in tanks, artillery, etc. And the complications involved with integrating women into the Marine Corps in those MOSs, um, and, um, and and the Army has their own kind of way about doing things, but the Marine Corps has their own way of doing everything, as, as anyone who's ever served knows. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to go through a few headlines real quick that I've seen like lately in the news. Um, the first one is recently, and it was talking about the, uh, the, the last woman that dropped out of the uh, infantry officer course in Quantico, and this is from just, I think, uh, three days ago. And it's the headline is, Female Marine Drops Out of Infantry Course. But it also points out that in the article there were 97 officers that started the course, and 34 were dropped, and she was one of them. Um, and there are none scheduled to go to the infantry officer course at this point. Um, and we're not sure how that's, going to, how that's going to end up. But we have some, I think we have some, some idea of where it's going to go because... The uh, <clears throat> there there have been the first there was an article that came out in Marine Corps Times back in uh, April, and um, it talked about the first female Marine to apply to join the infantry. And in that article, it talked about the I think there were two females. Is that right, Jeff? That passed uh, SOI in the East Coast. That's correct. Um, there were two that passed and have applied to join infantry battalions. And Navy Secretary Ray Mabus has vowed, this is quoting, has vowed that women will, meet, will have to meet the same physical standards for combat jobs as men. Quote, I will never lower standards, Mabus said. Um, and he, he, again, quote, let me repeat that. Standards will not be lowered for any group. Exclamation point. Standards may be changed as circumstances in the world change, but they'll be changed for everybody, period. So, after that, after he said that, we get news that uh, last month that Marine Corps gives women the option of ditching pull-ups for push-ups instead. Now, this is Corps-wide, where women, women, because they were trying to implement uh, pull-ups for women for a while in the Marine Corps, and it it didn't work for whatever reason. So they're giving them the option of, it encourages pull-ups, but it gives gives women the option to do push-ups instead of pull-ups, which I assume means it's going to completely abolish the uh, flexed arm hang, I guess. Um, So I guess the question is, is it when we have these um, we have standards for the infantry we have standards for combat arms but especially the infantry we have combat standards that are designed to allow people in the infantry uh, marines to perform at a certain level should those standards be changed to accommodate women Um, so I'd like to hear your take on this Jeff Uh, no I mean, there there should be one standard <clears throat> that uh, everyone should have to do the same thing. Um, think about if your squad leader uh, has to do something different on a on a PFT to get promoted, uh, and he's you know, or he or she's in charge of you. I mean, is that what sort of accountability does that give their leadership? Right. Um, you know, if, if they're getting graded differently, uh, that means they're going to get promoted differently. And it's, I don't know, it's just does not seem, well, fair, first of all, uh, or right, second of all. Yeah, and I think that if you're looking at it from a morale perspective, um, you know, it's it would be problematic from that perspective. But on the other hand, in uh, 
in other MOSs, you know, women have they have a different standard, and <clears throat> you know, I'm not, I haven't been, I've, I was a grunt the entire time I was in, so I don't know how it works in those units. So, um, what do you think about that, Justin? Standards aside, somebody I won't say his name a long time ago said that it's inconvenient when uh, for a business when a and when a woman gets pregnant. And, it, and the same rule applies, especially in the military, because if you're in a deployable unit and you get pregnant, you are no longer deployable. And therefore, somebody else has to has to carry that load and go on that deployment because you're not able to do it anymore. So standards aside, which every standard should be the same regardless. You know, I, I realize that once you get older, your your run time for your PFT creeps up a little bit, but 20 pull-ups is still 100 points, and 100 crunches or sit-ups or whatever is still 100 points. You get more time for the run because you're older, but beyond that, um, if you look at it from a TO&E standpoint, uh, it's just, I don't want to say it's not fair because life's not fair, but what's the best way out of a deployment? You know, if if you really don't want to go... Get pregnant. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't say it. Yeah. It's the truth. It's the truth. I, I know. I've heard. I've heard at my time in about um, men getting women pregnant on purpose. Just you know, there's a couple yeah. in. You know, I don't want to say any names, but sure. <laughs> I, well, uh, I guess that's the million dollar question. Is Becca, since you've you 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 being here gives us the uh, gives gives this uh, discussion legitimacy, I think. So, uh, how do you feel about what we've said so far, and what's your personal opinion on it? You know, I'm all for praising the badass Marine female that wants to go above and beyond and be, you know, the best she can be. I don't agree with um, standards changing. I don't think women, I don't think we need to be in tanks. I don't think we need to be in, I mean, I talked here for, what, 30 seconds and I'm over here a mess. (laughs) So, no, I mean. Well, and, and the thing for me is you know the Secretary of Defense um, Ash Carter, who's known by he's known among the Marine Corps, I think, as Ash Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's trying to implement his his Commander in Chief's social policy and using the Marine Corps as a canvas to do it. And it's not the right place to do it, in my opinion. And I, my position on it is is if women can, if there are women who are capable of the job, fine. But the only way to do it in a way that's that's even that's even a little bit, uh, I think I think just or or effective is to have them all segregated into their own units. I agree. I agree very much. Uh, I think if like, I think if you put men and women together, it's just a natural instinct for a man to protect a woman. I think it's distraction. I think it's going to mm-hmm. tear more uh, families apart. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously going to be a slew of problems with harassment. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I totally agree that we. I mean, I'm sorry for the ones who want it, but I agree that we should not. Yeah, and I think that. Um, first off, I should say, people who are listening, I did not know this is what Becca's position on this was. <laughs> sorry, but, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry because it's gonna be some badass. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I guess, I just didn't know that. Uh, I guess you wanted me uh, to be like, you know. No, 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 no. I, I'm actually—I I had no idea how you, how you felt about it. I, again, I wanted to have women in the discussion to make sure we—we, we, it, it was, it was. I know, it but was, it would have been interesting if I was really going to be like fighting against you and be like, "Hell no, let me in," you know. 
But but I agree. It's it's a thing. There's nothing worse for morale among any group of 18 year old males than to throw a female right in the middle of them. <clears throat> oh, it's going to uh, tear them apart. It's going to it's just it's going to be more of a competition on who can get with her or. <laughs> and after and after being on deployment for a while, uh, and Jeff can probably attest to this. Uh, after being you know in the in the field with the sleeping in dirt for three or four months, any female you see starts to look like you know. Really good, uh, yeah. A ten, you know. Deployment hot. Even with her glasses and her short hair. Yeah, it's a yeah. different scale. You got yeah. what I if I was back Low in America. standards what is what's called. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I'm not sure if Jeff was with me when this happened, but we were at Camp Babylon. Uh, did you tour Babylon, Jeff? I did. Um, I remember we were there, and this was in Iraq in 2003, and we had not seen a female yet. I mean, since we were back in Kuwait back in January or February, whatever it was. And this is, I think, June time frame, and um, all the guys were all kind of hanging around playing grab ass like we always do. And... Um, these two female army officers come jogging by and just, uh, <clears throat> you know, life stops for a moment. <laughs> it's like, it's like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, you know, when they, when they run by and, you know, in hindsight, I don't know how they looked. I can't remember. I can't remember seeing their faces. I don't, I'm not sure if they were even attractive, but it was like two females jogged by. And that was, that was the greatest thing that happened that day. <laughs> I, I, I understand. We had several, we had a few pilots and uh, several of the, in the different shops that we had, uh, females. And I tell you what, after two months of sitting in the desert, uh, you know, <laughs> even, even the squadron next, I swear to God to this day, I can't, I don't even know her name. She was a crew chief, uh, at, at HMH 462 iron horse. She was the hottest thing on the planet in Iraq after three months. <laughs> I couldn't say which right now, but I remember back then thinking, man, she is how are you doing tonight? Ooh, with the lady. <laughs> what? There were uh, and, there were two lieutenants on uh, Camp Bastion on our uh, 2008 uh, Afghanistan deployment, uh, and they, they were actually prostituting themselves. Oh, mm. nice. That's nice. Awesome. You know, it goes the same way, guys. I mean, after we're gone so long, you all start looking good, too. So. <laughs> you have more options. Hey. <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, and then I get a good reputation, too. So. Well, then there's now, that. <clears throat> back to the actual topic. I mean, you might need to get you a badass Marine that can that wants to do something like that. Now, I mean, I feel bad for the ones that, you know, that do have the title of the crew chief, the female pilot. You know, they might actually get their opportunity to do what they really want to do. And I don't know how to speak for them, but just in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and, and something else, you know, that that's that's um, that's out there. I remember seeing that story about the, the Rangers who were going to go be officers. Um, the females who pass ranger course and all that. And um, I remember thinking, I hope she's comfortable pooping in front of a bunch of dudes. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that's part of it. Um, you know, being out in the field, not taking showers for long stretches of time, three, four months at a time. Um, that's part of it. That's part of the life. And a lot of, I think a lot of people, even men, get into that, not realizing that's part of it. Um, in fact, when I when I first came into the fleet... Um, we would spend one month and one week of, a month at least in the field um, with no contact with civilization. And we were no bat, no bathing, you know, none of the amenities. And I'm not, I'm probably going to come across, I mean, I, I should probably say this. I'm not trying to be sexist here. Uh, I'm really not. 
I just think that um, that it, it's it's better suited. It's a it's a job that's better suited for men, and and men who can who can work together and be a team. Not that women can't be part of that team in some capacity, you know, or necessarily like in certain situations, in certain in certain static conditions. Not that that's possible, but I would say that that you know living together and, and living together is part of is part of what binds us together as as a band of brothers. It's that the idea that we can we can we can we can be sexist assholes with each other, you know. Yeah, we can no, we can say things. Not offending you. I understand. Exactly. No, no, and no, you're exactly right. You talk. Someone said sexual harassment earlier. One could make the case that the sexual harassment that goes on in the Marine Corps between the the, the male Marines alone, what they do to each other. You know, if 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 you put feelings or or a different sex into that, I, I never. I would never do to a Marine that was a woman or say, mm-hmm. well, maybe say, but never physically do to a Marine that was a woman. What I would, what I would do to another male is the, the, a male Marine. Because it's just different. hundred percent. I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think about, you know, going up to a, you know, female Marine talking about, you know, Hey, let's play a little game. We like to call jail time and expecting that to go anywhere, but bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it, it's yeah. different. We, we, but we, it's the it's the locker room mentality. I, I guess yes. is the best way to put it. What happens in in a football or basketball locker room is grossly inappropriate to the outside world. I mean, if if the Marine Corps had a serious HR department, Jesus Christ, we'd all be in jail because of what we've mm-hmm. said and done to each other. It was completely acceptable because it it was just the way it was, and there was no ill intent behind it. And I think the first time that someone's feelings get involved or that you're doing this because I'm different or whatever, it's, it completely changes the dynamic and the morale factor, the unit morale, and the esprit de corps, everything comes into play at that point. And, it's, and it's, there's not one positive that you can find in it. Yeah, I agree. Well, and, the, the, and again, I, I think I would summarize my position. I think most people would agree with this, you know, if they really sit and think about it, that – you know, women shouldn't be in the infantry with men. And if if and, and the Israelis do this thing where they have they have female infantry units, um, and they have different responsibilities and they have different capabilities, but they're all female, and they're they're the that's the only way to do it. And I don't think we have enough women in this country who are interested in signing up for the infantry to make it possible. You mean separate but, equal? Yeah, basically. I mean, not not necessarily equal capability, but equal. I guess equal access to opportunity in a way, but but it just I just don't see it as a possibility without some kind of conscription because you know women just don't want to be in the infantry. Well, let me ask you this: I mean, you know, everything we do in the Marine Corps is supposed to, um, you know, be about mission accomplishment, and you know, what about uh, letting women into the infantry affects positively affects our uh, combat capability? I mean. You know the the biggest um, you know arguments the proponents of this have is that it's not going to hurt. Well, if it's not, if you're going through all these pains just to make something you know the same, then what's the point of doing it to begin with? I, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's and not to mention you know the the I mean, there's people have this idea. It's people have this idea that that. These are military professionals. They'll do what they're ordered to do, and they'll get over it. Uh, and that's true to an extent. But you're going to, 
you're going to poison the the intrinsic institutional morale uh, by doing it. And now, whether you want that or not, um, and like you said, like it, it's we we the the point the the military exists, the entire military across the board exists to kill people and break their stuff. Yep. Yep. And Captain Schmidt. The, it, that's right. <laughs> that's right, Captain Schmidt. And the Marine Corps, the infantry specifically, <clears throat> that's our only mission, is to kill people and break their shit, as they say. Um, and I just, um, yeah, like you said, it does not enhance our capabilities to allow women in under the pretense of some sort of social justice, I don't know, um, some sort of social justice activism, which I think is what it is, really, ultimately. It is. It's social justice activism, and it's it's and it's designed. Um, I shouldn't say designed. It's the effect is going to be that it's going to downgrade our combat capabilities and make us weaker as a country. Um, that's how I feel about it. Anything so. you do with the military, you have to ask the question: Does it make us more lethal? And it, it, mm-hmm. it's a sad fact because that's what the military is essentially. Fortunately, it's not used in that way all the time, but if there's a threat of it. Does it make mm-hmm. us more lethal? And at the end of the day, I, I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that can make the argument that adding women makes us more lethal. Okay. So, so Je- go ahead. Go Sorry ahead. to chime in. i got to take up for the room for us women Marines. Anybody listening out there might hate me for not speaking up. More lethal? Um I mean, I'm not sure that, but I mean, you got to find the right, the right woman marine that wants this bad enough, the one that has the heart for it, the one that can shoot the target from so far. You know, what I mean, you got to find the right one that really wants to do it. Is it perfect for all of us? No, um, not for me personally. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, well, I mean, Jeff, you were you were a machine gunner. Um, I heard that one of these women that came out of SOI is going to a uh, is going to a O331. Uh, she's going to be an O331 in an infantry battalion. Um, now I know one of the traditions in the, in the, in the machine gunners is to give the smallest person in the platoon, the receiver on the first hike. Um, do you think that's going to go over very well? I mean, I'm sure they can try. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, until it's considered harassment or unfair. Right. Yeah. Not, 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 uh, hazing. But right. we're, but it's 2016, and, and anything that anybody perceives as being different or uncomfortable or anything else, it, it's got to be you're picking on me. It can't be that it's tradition. While yeah. you look at fraternities, look look everywhere, traditions <laughs> that are, are 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 not comfortable to people are considered hazing and in in the other way of discrimination that that gets people. What? into wherever they want to and out of wherever they don't want to be a part of. And to jump back to my question real quick about the, the receiver thing, and I asked that, and I understand that you probably have to evaluate it on a situation-by-situation situation basis, and it's hard to really say for sure how it would go with with just someone you've never met or, or, or worked with. But I tend to think that it's going to be problematic because, um, you know, the infantry is hard life, and it's it's – it requires heavy lifting and all that stuff. And I'm not saying that there aren't women that can't do it. Maybe this one can. Sure there's there's one that are, you know. Yeah, maybe this one can. I, I don't really know. But you're just not going to find large enough groups of women who are, one, interested and, two, capable of of doing what it – or, or of, of living that life or, or, or doing what it takes to be an effective infantry marine. I, and 
Uh, I think uh, in the uh, the study that the uh, the Marines conducted uh, last year, when they you know took all the females and uh, they had them do uh, you know all the infantry tasks you know uh, stacked up against you know the males and such like that, um, and in addition to finding out that uh, the females in the uh, uh, the the study were um, well they they shot more poorly than the males, uh, they were also forty percent more likely to have muscular skeletal uh, you know injuries. Um, now, I mean, that being said, um, I find it hard to believe that, you know, this one female is coming to the grunt battalion to be a, a 31 and she is not having the eyes of, you know, the entire Marines and, and Navy upon her. I mean, I, I don't think that she would have the same experience um, in the fleet as, you know, a brand new boot machine gunner as, you know, any other guy uh, fresh out of SOI. You see what I'm saying? I mean, so, oh, yeah. so, so already, uh, you know, things are different for her. Yeah, I'm not sure what her motivations are. I'm not trying to impute, to, to imply a motivation, but she had, she had the opportunity, I guess, to be the first female Marine infantry. Right. And, and who wouldn't jump at that, you know, right. even if it's a fail, even if ultimately she fails. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, if I was given the I mean, opportunity and somebody thought that I deserved it or that I was, and I had the gut to go for it, then I would give it one hell of a chance. You know, I would give my best shot. But. Sure. Well, I appreciate everyone's input. Um, more on this later. We, we'll, we'll be doing this for a while, so we'll get on to other topics. But uh, I appreciate you being with us, Becca, and um, and we hopefully we'll have you on again soon to talk about something that isn't just about women. <laughs> oh, come on. It's fun. We can talk about something else. Now, I, I mean, yeah. I have a ton of female Marines I'm still in contact with, so I can try to find you one that's gun-ho to do it, you know, so... Well, well, we'll see if we get back around to that topic, but uh, but I appreciate you being here. All right, on. thanks for having me. Let's get on to the – you ready for the Libo Brief, Jeff? Libo Brief. Uh, it's going to be uh, along the lines of the same one as I did last time. Uh, I, oh, hang, I, on. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me, let, me, let me do the intro music real okay. quick. I do not consent! I do not consent! Help! Help! This is right! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. So go ahead, Jeff. All right. Safety brief. Listen up, fuckers. If you drink, don't drive. If you drive, don't drink. Don't smoke weed. Don't smoke pole. Don't go to rave parties. If you skydive, wear a parachute. If you scuba dive, wear a wetsuit. And never, ever pet the burning dog because it's stupid. All right. Thanks for the uh, Friday Libo brief. Um, actually, we're recording this on Thursday, so it'll be up tomorrow. But good advice across the board. Speaking of Thursday. Uh, Everybody in the yeah. Marine Corps is cleaning their barracks tonight. So, shout out to all you who are scrubbing the floor, scrubbing your toilets, scrubbing your showers, yeah. dusting everything. Might, Good for you. And you might actually still be awake by the time I actually get this uploaded tomorrow morning sometime. Oh, there you um, go. Because, because, you know, I, I've done more than one all-night field day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I remember when the uh, – I mean, any time the battalion commander walks through and – one of the rooms in the in the company looks like shit, then everyone's pulling their stuff out for the rest of the night. <sighs> anyway, so um, moving on to the um, current events topic, which is going to be the fitness of Gary Johnson to be commander-in-chief. Let me play this real quick, the uh, intro music. I would bomb the shit out of him. We came, we saw, <laughs> we died. Candidates make me want to vomit in terror. 
All right, that's actually really appropriate for tonight's uh, discussion of Gary Johnson. Um, I just found this article on Reason Magazine, Reason.com, and it came out uh, just a few days ago, and the title is, Can Gary Johnson Really Be the Commander-in-Chief? And it, it's, it's a long article, so I'm not going to read a lot of it, but it does talk about the, uh, the idea that, uh, that Gary Johnson is, is appealing to conservatives in some ways, and he's appealing to, to liberals in other ways. And one of the ways that he's appealing to, to liberals or to non-interventionists, I should, should qualify, because the, there's a lot of conservatives who are non-interventionists and anti-war, etc. Um, I think everyone's anti-war, but you know what I mean. Um, the one of the arguments for Gary Johnson in that regard is that he will, uh, you know, bring the troops home from from. He's talked about bringing the troops home from Korea. Uh, he's talked about you know uh, kind of a smaller, more efficient military and less military intervention, which appeals to some and to others less. Um, but um, I think we talked last time, and Jeff, you indicated that you had a preference for Gary Johnson. Um, would you mind talking about what you think about his fitness to be commander-in-chief? Uh, I like Gary Johnson uh, simply because I hate Hillary so much and uh, Trump scares the shit out of me. Um, that's that's why I come up with Gary Johnson. Um, I, I don't think, for me personally, there is no uh, Cinderella candidate. Um, he's just, the, in my own personal uh, opinion, the least shitty candidate that we have. <laughs> I think that's uh, <clears throat> there's a fair number of people that think that um, you know I think from the I guess from the Marine Corps perspective is is peacetime Marine Corps is is bad you know I remember when I was in the Marine Corps I, I was you and I both actually all three of us were in during um, you know we, tr we were in peacetime we transitioned into war and there's a difference um, and you know the Marine Corps you know we ministers of death praying for war as 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 Learmy says. Um, but really, do we want that? Is that something that Marines actually want out of a out of a commander in chief to be somebody who's willing to to I guess, toss them into the grinder and, and and go you know kick ass? Do we we talk big on that? Is that something we really want? You know, what do you think, Justin? I, I mean, we talk about pulling pulling the troops out of Korea. I think being forward deployed is a stabilizing force for a region. Uh, that's the reason that North Korea. Sorry, North Korea has stayed above the 38th parallel is because they know if they cross that line, which is not a red line like the the current president keeps drawing in the sand and letting people cross. But 38th parallel, if you cross that line, if you cross the DMZ, you know that not only do you have the South Korean military, but you're going to get the brunt of the United States military up your ass. I, I don't mm -hmm. think that 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 leaving the uh, treaty established bases or, or, stop, or stopping being forward deployed is, is a good idea in any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, and getting back a little bit to what Gary Johnson, uh, a little bit about him, you know, um, people who don't know or uh, any, any of you idiots who can't read a newspaper, um, <clears throat> he's, he was governor of New Mexico. Um, let me double check real quick and see if he has any military experience. I didn't even look into that before we talked about this. He doesn't. Uh, he, does not. he doesn't. He does okay, not. I, I didn't. I didn't think so. Um, and his running mate is the former governor of Massachusetts, uh, William Weld. Uh, I think he goes by Bill Weld now. But at one time he was a uh, 
he was the governor of Massachusetts. He actually challenged John Kerry uh, and almost won back in, um, I think, 96, uh, the year that uh, Clinton was reelected. So we have two pretty seasoned politicians. And you would think that they would be, you know, have all these, you have all these never Trump people who are talking about wanting to find an alternative to Trump. You know, it's like if Gary Johnson had won the nomination in 2012, you wouldn't have had a lot of opposition to him, you know, if he had won. And I, I, I'm not really sure what their trepidation is about Gary Johnson in the first place. If, if isn't he the most credible alternative to Donald Trump? I mean, I think I think is. so. I mean, I think you know. Uh, None of the other candidates have served in, a, in an executive capacity, and you know here you have a president and vice presidential candidate that both have. I I don't see, you know, like you said, I mean I don't see why more people don't like him, but that's 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 yeah. me coming as a person that does like him. So, yeah, I mean I, I mean I, I like the guy. Okay, I'll probably vote for Donald Trump in the end, just because I I tend to think that ultimately, um, you know. Um, I've voted Republican my entire life, and I tend to think that uh, that that Trump is a better option just because, um, you know, Hillary concerns me on the Supreme Court, but then again, Trump is no con- no guarantee there either. Oh, he gave a list, um, though. He did give a list, and that's and that's and that's the one thing I think that conservatives who who want to vote for Donald Trump can hang their hat on. But I, I would think from a from the from the perspective of an enlisted Marine, I think I saw a, a story a while back. And I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately, but it talked about a poll of troops that showed that he actually won a plurality of, of the of the, on the poll. Uh, Gary Johnson did between Trump, Clinton, and and him. Uh, but but again, I I don't have that in front of me. I may try to post a link to that later whenever I find it. But um, I just I tend to think that that among the troops, um, when I was in, at least I'm not sure how it was in your all's unit or you were my unit, Jeff, but but I tended to there was a strong bent towards Republican candidates, and when George W. Bush was elected, we all kind of cheered and celebrated, and, <clears throat> and I don't regret that at all. I mean, hell. Uh, well, but uh, more, more than that, I mean, do you remember the stories of uh, well, the the lack of training budget uh, that you know mm-hmm. all of our seniors had during the Clinton administration? There there was oh, yeah. no training, and then um, whatsoever really, uh, and mm-hmm. then you know once. Uh, uh, w got in the White House, you know, the the purse strings opened up and, you know, we could start, you know, doing some actual uh, real live training. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that. That's right. Well, that's, that, something, well, in, that's something that needs to be looked at because uh, Gary Johnson would like to decrease the budget for the military, which after the last eight years of cuts, if you cut it more, what do you have left? I think he was looking at closing bases and uh, actually going with uh, the Pentagon's uh, own, um, I guess, a recommendation that, you know, we don't need as many bases as we have currently. Uh, of course, you know, then you get into the, the politics of that. It, you know, people don't want bases to be closed down in their states because, you know, they're, you know, enormous generators of revenue. Uh, sure. Look at but, Fort Knox. Yeah. Fort Knox right here in Kentucky. It's no longer the home of armor. It's it's gone. No more tanks. But anyway, so that getting back to our topic here a little bit, uh, Gary Johnson. Um, you know, I, I this is we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up really because there isn't really much to talk about with him. Um, but I'll, I'll say that from my perspective, it's not unreasonable. I mean, he's I mean he's he's no less reasonable than any of the other candidates. I would say you can make a good argument for him from for from the Republican side or, sure. or the Democratic side or or whatever. He's a good third party option if you believe that that's that's not wasting your vote which some people do. 
But uh, what about the? Um, have you all seen anything from Jill Stein lately? Um, have you all read anything of hers? Um, she be- said something about uh, there is an an autism uh, epidemic in the country, and she's an anti-vaxxer, and that's where she, that's where she kind of <laughs> lost me. I, I, I didn't need to hear anything else after that. <laughs> yeah, well, and and today I saw a thing where she said that they needed to close nuclear power plants because they were just weapons of mass destruction waiting to be set off. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, so I mean, Walter. she's pretty much. <laughs> She's she's flying over the cliff in, a, in like in a car like and it's it's already off the yeah. cliff and she's sailing into the abyss and she's cackling all the yeah. way down. I mean, lo- lots of uh, people can talk smack on me for wanting to vote Johnson, but I, I you know that chick's a certified wackadoo. So I I agree, and uh, unfortunately, too many on the left agree too. They're being sent damn sensible about her, which is frustrating because I really want them to siphon off some votes. But uh, what are you going to do? Um, so that wraps up the current events portion, and um, <clears throat> before we get going uh, on the memorial moment, I will point out that on I, the uh, <clears throat> the Iraq-Afghanistan Veterans Association, on their Facebook page, has posted that they are going to have, on September 7th, there will be a Commander-in-Chief Forum with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump on MSNBC on September 7th. I don't know the time because it doesn't say it in the link. But you can go to the uh, IAVA Facebook page, and they have they just broke this tonight. So I'm not sure if there's any details yet. But on September 7th, Clinton and Trump will be apparently in the same room, I suppose, doing a commander-in-chief forum, fielding questions from veterans. So it's kind of timely that we're having this discussion. So that works. that's that. Yeah. So uh, go ahead um, with our memorial moment, if you wouldn't mind, Justin. Uh, I'm going to break off from tradition. Um, usually I find a Marine who died in combat. Um, but today, uh, I, I got the news last night that um, a Marine I served with passed away here in Louisville uh, this weekend. His his name is, uh, I knew of a Staff Sergeant Poor. He retired, though, from the Marine Corps. as Gunnery Sergeant uh, Jerome Anthony Poor. People knew him as Tony Poor uh, from Fisherville, Kentucky. He, he passed away. Um, Last weekend, uh, while kayaking, he had a um, he had a heart attack, and um, he was 41 years old. Um, I, I knew him personally. Um, at first, you you couldn't get a read on him. He's one of those people that just is was so flat, you just never knew what he was thinking or where he was coming from. But after working with him for a while, um, he was a very good Marine, down to earth person, um, and uh, it, it's a it, it, it's a big loss. It really is. He uh, he survived by his uh, his parents, Jerry and Bobby Poor. He had a daughter and 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 uh, several stepchildren. And um, my heart goes out to the family tonight of uh, of Gunny Poor. Um, our thoughts are, for, are with you guys right now. So here's the Gunnery Sergeant Tony Poor. Who wrote? Yeah. 